That's a good way to jump into the 92nd episode of the Overclock ZA podcast. I'm Lindsay Shooters. And I'm Gavin Dudley. Yes, we did it again. Gavin, we were talking about having enough decibels in your conversation. And I was actually reading an article in Fast Company about why we should be weary of our loud, overconfident colleagues. And <laughs> That's me. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. What does it say? Just because someone can speak very assertively or can speak in a very confident way doesn't mean that person is smart. And Gavin, talking about people who are not smart, how is Donald Trump going to get <laughs> Apple to kill WeChat? <laughs> okay, well, US, they've now launched this whole network initiative, which is basically just finding the biggest stick they can to beat as many opponents as they can. So at the moment, that's China. So China's kind of like the whipping boy, and they're just beating up on China in every way they can. And that includes now, it's been it's gone down to removing leading Chinese apps off the major app stores. Um, this hasn't been passed yet, but this is what they're trying to push through. And by far the biggest app in China is WeChat. It's the equivalent of WhatsApp. If you take WhatsApp and you combine it with two or three other apps in South Africa, that's what WeChat is. It's the messaging app, the shopping app, the ride-hailing app, you know, the everything app, the social media app is WeChat. And um, if you take that, apparently the analysts who believe that iPhone sales will just plummet. So there again, it's a case of Donald Trump shooting himself in the foot. They're imagining that it could plummet anything like 20 to 30 percent. And the interesting analogy here is, let me bring up Huawei. If you try and launch your phones and they don't run WhatsApp in South Africa, you've got a major uphill battle ahead of you. Mm. And that's exactly what will happen to Apple if they take WeChat out of the App Store in China. So we'll see how this develops. But... I mean, we already know if you follow the TikTok saga, it's looking less and less likely that that Microsoft's going to end up owning TikTok as they had hoped, just because of Trump and his cronies and stuff. Just but if they extend it to um, WeChat, which is the next biggest thing after TikTok, it's probably even bigger than TikTok. It's just going to create endless problems. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm we'll on that. Um, I, I want the 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 Chinese. The, just the hatred of, of like anything Chinese right now to, to kind of stop and needs to slow down. Um, yeah, like I, I, I started my journey and ended my journey now on the P40 Pro. Fantastic device, just let down by like massive apples, like Fitbit doesn't work and like a whole bunch of things don't work. And it just sours all. And it's, 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 not, it's not Huawei's fault, but there are a few things that they could have improved on as well. Um, but yeah, mm. uh, that, that's okay. all. We, we, that's that's enough wasting time on that situation. Yes. Hopefully, it doesn't it doesn't come out come down to much more than just hot air right now. Um, Gavin, yeah. we were remiss to to mention a couple of major product announcements in in the technology space. Gavin, um, Canon launched a new mirrorless camera, the R5, and two mirrorless cameras, the R6, and then Sony chimed in with the A7S Mark III. Um, obviously, Canon's kind of pivoting now. They are mm. trying to replace, or at least they're trying to, to move their product lines to mirrorless. Um, so the R5 is pretty much the replacement for the 5D series, and it should be treated as that way. It's a camera first, the stills camera first, and a video camera second, although it has like 8K recording and all those sorts of things. And then Sony is doing it interesting on their side where the A7 range, they've kind of split in two, where the A7Rs are the stills-focused ones, and the A7S is the video-focused one. What's your, what's your read the on, A7, on the, Yeah? 
the A7 is the top of the range for Sony, right? Yes. Uh, sorry, our feed is bad. For all the listeners, we apologize. We're having to do this by Skype, and our connection is rocking up and down. So every now and then, Lindsay and I talk over each other, and we don't really know what's going on. Um, so my understanding is, for those who are unfamiliar with the Sony camera game, Sony came into the camera game for serious about 10 years ago, where they started competing directly with Canon and Nikon. But at that stage, Canon, Nikon, Olympus, Fuji had a stranglehold on the market. It was, it was thought for one more premium brand to penetrate the market. In that time, we've seen Olympus tank rather horribly. Fuji's kind of on the back foot. All these guys on the back foot. Canon and Nikon have somehow hung on, even though we know that phones have eaten into, you know, what used to be photography as largely being taken over by phones, especially as phone cameras got better and better. But Sony backed itself, managed to win over some serious professional photographers who then invested in their system, and that gave them a kind of a foot up in the market. So that allowed Sony to then go on developing its cameras to the point where you feel directly with Canon and Nikon, and in some cases are even superior. Would you agree? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. definitely okay. Video so, capture. I, I think I think Canon was caught in the back foot with the whole move to mirrorless Canon and Nikon. Um, obviously, we yeah. we are omitting Nikon from this conversation because who is actually still shooting on Nikon? I don't know. <laughs> I, I have an ancient <laughs> Nikon DSLR in my possession that I use sometimes. Uh-huh. I have a very nice lens with it. Um, but yeah, it's like who who and obviously the you must know by now the the little social media influencer po- faux pas. Um, that Nikon did where they kind of excluded uh, people of color and they had like one token and he didn't even get a speaking part on their big promo video, <laughs> which was just disgusting. Oh, man. I lost you there. It was major tokenism. It was completely tone deaf, as they say, tone deaf to what's actually going on in the world right now. So Nikon and Canon, uh, it's basically BMW and Mercedes, you know, and then along comes Sony, which would probably be, shall we call them Audi probably? Yeah. You know, they've all got fabulous cars. They're all fabulously good. They all have models that outcompete each other in certain ways. But, you know, you can't really go wrong if you're just looking to get into photography. What you need to understand is that the first thing you buy, you're investing in a whole ecosystem of camera, Mm. obviously, because you're going to be buying accessories and more lenses and apparatus that all kind of works on those cameras. So if you're a first-time camera, what is the price point, Lindsay? for a first-time camera buyer, somewhere between 10 and 15 for your first DSLR? Yeah, 15 yeah, is good, 15 is good. I'm, I've actually turned to the wonderful world of, of, of compact cameras, which we all thought would have been killed by mm. phones right now. Um, but like Xiaomi just put out the Mi 10 Ultra um, yesterday, which has a 1 over 1.7-inch camera sensor for its main camera, which is now the biggest camera sensor on a phone, which is still mm. very small compared to the one-inch sensors that you get on, like, the Sony RX range or the, the what's it, the, the Canon, the G5. Yes. So um, are both mirrorless and full frame. Full mm. frame means that the sensor that captures the light is the same size as what the film used to be inside the camera. It's the size of a pane of film. So it's like almost two inches wide by an inch high, that kind of thing. It's enormous compared to what's going on inside your phone. So, you know, the result is that the amount of image data you capture is just phenomenal. But you're mm. also paying how much for the privilege, Lindsay, for the new Canons? You R5 and R6. R5 <laughs> Hold is, your breath, everybody. Uh, um, uh, body only, 85,000 rand. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh at your... I laugh at your... 
But come on, dude. If you it's almost like you're trying to get it approximately right. It's around 85. I mean, as soon as you got beyond 8,000, I was like, <laughs> it doesn't really matter whether it's 85 or 89 or 76. You know, it doesn't really matter to us, right? Listen, if you if you're replacing your like your if you're a wedding photographer, for instance, which has sure, become like a, sure, a hybrid sure, sort of sure, job now, sure. where you're doing like 20% of what you're doing is video as well. Like that is yeah. a great camera to replace like what you would have been using your 5D Mark III for anyway. So it's in that price range. You It must be a business investment to make sense. Um, but if you are starting out and you're getting serious in the camera game, I can suggest the Panasonic Lumix Digital Camera DC-LX100 Mark II. And that is a... Um, micro four thirds, so it's smaller than APS-C, um, but it's still at least three times bigger than what you're getting on your phone. In your phone, uh, yeah. yeah. So it's a mirrorless camera. It's built in like in a rangefinder sort of body. They had all the manual controls on the top. So your shutter speeds, your exposure compensation, all of those knobs, physical, actual hardware knobs on the top. Um, and it has a zoom lens. Um, I forget. Uh, it's got a, like the widest aperture is f over 1.7, which is pretty wide. Um, but it's like just a wonderful camera that you can grow into and then move on to like other sort of things when you when you want to maybe get like interchangeable lenses or like start yeah. really I think, doing that sort of thing. I think this is this is the point. If you're investing in a camera, you've got to get some head really. It's one of the few things that's an investment. It's like a television set. And a camera, the sort of things you're going to keep for a long time. So you must buy the best you can with some headroom so you can grow into its advanced features and its advanced capabilities as you go. So even if today a 10,000 Rand DSLR would do you, we would recommend you push for a 15 so that you can you know, use it for a couple of years and grow into its high-end features. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that mm. is selling for 18,689 Rand on Take-A-Lot right now. That's the Panasonic Lumix LX100 Mark II. Um, Gavin, okay. just moving I mean, on. I, I would not, I would not endorse your choice because I'm finding Panasonic is kind of like a mod. <laughs> Taking yourself seriously as a photographer at this stage, you probably have to be getting a Canon or a Sony, or I would give you, I would give you a, I would probably give you a Fuji or an Olympus, probably. Oh yeah, that's about it. You know, I, I would have to say Panasonic is on the outs. Eh? Mm. Okay, but I think we're probably getting in too deep for most people and their cameras. Um. um why don't you just walk us through the walk us through the the Sony launch product quickly and its focus, which was on content video. creators, the new kind of yeah yeah it's all about it's all about video content capture creators, yeah what was that it's all about what it's a, is it it's ZV hey ZV one what what is the name uh, oh crap the name just went down have I confused you. <laughs> That's something it keeps going out of my head too. V1. Keeps going out of my head. V1. Yes. Yeah, I think so. That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like okay. it's, it's a one-inch sensor. Um, it doesn't have a, a electronic viewfinder, so you can't like put your eye up to it. Um, but it has a flip out and flip around screen, which is better um, for for like filming yourself. Enhanced microphones. It has a microphone jack on it, and it has like all sorts of awesome like focus little tricks that you need if you're filming yourself and like if you're filming products like I do. Um, I shoot on a lot of mobile phones right now. I've, I have like those moment lenses that you can mount on, onto your phones. Um, and that's how I get most of my stuff done. But Gavin, let's walk through a little bit of, there was a, a lot of financial news that came out. So Alphabet, it's the holding company for like Google and YouTube and all those things. They are down. Google 
searches down the hard way. <laughs> like everything is just like yeah, this is down. <laughs> basically for the first time in its history, Google is not making more money in this quarter than it did for the same quarter last year. For the first time in its history, it's 2% down on the money it expected to make, which would have been up on what it had made previously. First time ever. Um, we think, we think, based on how they reported it, it's because of all the new ventures that they sink money into. So when they get into driverless cars, you know, they just pour a couple of billion dollars into all these new ventures. Or if they're launching, you know, you know to provide internet access, or if mm. laying down fiber cables to different parts of the world, these are all kind of loss-making ventures for them at the moment. But, you know, the, the big game, the long-term plan, all those things return money eventually. It's just that they didn't make nearly as much out of, their usual search money and their hardware sales, these things, they didn't make the usual amount of money that they make. And so yeah. they kind of fell a bit short. But it is still shocking that, you know, for the first time in its history, which is nearly, oh, 25 years or something, you know, that Google didn't make more money than it did previously. <laughs> yeah, mm. it's a very strange world. Like Facebook, Facebook just seems to be on the up and up on everything, which is, which is bizarre. <laughs> yeah, because they're taking so like withdrawing their ad campaigns and it just totally doesn't reflect on their bottom line their bottom line is still robustly healthy and outrageously fat you know so it doesn't really matter what people think about it somehow they're raking in the bucks one way or another i would be interested to know what the split is between money they make out of facebook versus instagram versus whatsapp well i guess they don't make any money out of whatsapp that i can see right how do you make I'm, money I'm out sure of whatsapp they, I don't really they, know. Launch, they launch a lot of those business products and um, I, I'm sure they're making more money on that than we than we expect. Like I think it's a big mm. big revenue spinner for them. Um, Amazon well, obviously 40% year on year growth. Yeah, um, sorry. <laughs> Amazon's 40% year on year growth. They just keep yes. Uh, when will it stop? When when will it stop? <laughs> what we've said many times on the show is that everyone's everyone thinks Amazon is an online store. Of course, it's not an online store. It's That's a part of it. But AWS, which are the web services that run the biggest online operations in the world, where all the money comes in. And this year, for the first time, it wasn't its biggest growth portion of the company. I think because everybody was in lockdown, online shopping just outstripped everybody else by orders of magnitude. Mm. Very big in the US, nearly 50% more online shopping in the US and nearly 40% more online shopping in all other parts of the world. So they're sitting pretty. Amazon Prime, which is something I wish we got here, which we don't really get here. If you take Amazon Prime, it's almost like an affiliate program with Amazon. Mm. So everything becomes cheaper across the board. You get freebies thrown in and so on. So people who took up the Amazon Prime service grew by 30% nearly. So they're sitting very pretty and very strong right now. In fact, I just heard that they are busy buying up in malls for all the comp all the shops that have gone belly up. Mm. Sears, JCPenney, all these other chains, they are busy taking up their space and turning them into Amazon warehouses or Amazon grocers. Yeah, which is very interesting. Mm. Yeah, that, that is quite interesting. But moving into uh, what's going on in your pocket, Gavin, um, I, we've been telling you nearby sharing is a thing. Last week with the Note 20 launch, um, the ultra-wideband thing is making directional nearby sharing as well which is quite important. Also, side note, ultra-wideband chips in the Samsung phones also mean that Samsung will be on the list of things that will be compatible to work with that uh, BMW digital key that we saw at the Apple announcement, uh, WWDC. 
So yeah, with ultra-wideband technology, Samsung will be right there waiting to get that digital key thing going on and start your car. Um, but yeah, how do you share all files to all devices in with, that, with the least amount of effort, Kevin? Sorry, man, because the line broke down, I didn't hear how you finished that sentence. You said, how do I share what? All your files between all your devices with the least amount of effort. Uh, I send emails to myself. <laughs> no, no, I do that when I'm in a big hurry. Okay, so you're lying in bed, you're on the TikTok, and here's a really funny TikTok, and you want to be sure to send it on to some people, but you can't send it right now, and you want to save it. So what do I do? I email that TikTok to myself so I can keep it in my personal archives of hysterically funny things. You know, oh ghosts. My, my latest one is goats dancing to, you know, staying alive and so on. It's like, you know, you just got to save the stuff for posterity. <laughs> so I email the stuff to myself. It's completely backwards. Okay, no, the truth is you load everything into the cloud and then you can just pull it down wherever, whenever, especially mm. as internet speeds improve. Um, I mean, our entire podcast, we're cloud-based. You know, we're getting with each other entirely through the cloud. The data just gets captured. You upload, I upload, you edit, I edit. We just mix it all up and it's all done in the cloud. None of us actually is sending files to each other. It's very interesting. Mm. Uh, sometimes, um, I why don't you tell sometimes I yeah, do have sorry. to send. Sometimes I do have to send myself files, um, especially when Skype does that weird thing where you sometimes download the yeah. video and you try and extract the audio, and then it doesn't work in the app that I use to extract the audio in. Then I have to send it to a video app, video editing app, and then extract the audio from there, and then send it across. And that can be a nightmare. But nearby sharing and AirDrop has improved my life a lot. Obviously, AirDrop only works on Apple devices between all Apple devices right now, I imagine. Uh, like, we're talking about Mac, iPhone, and iPad. And it's okay. just you open up the share panel and you click on the person's face that it appears or the, the AirDrop thing. Okay, okay, okay. So just, just talk us through. We're running out of time here, unfortunately. So very quickly, I'm standing here with my iPhone. You phone i asked to airdrop me a video clip so tell, yeah. tell me what we're going to do now so you have to switch your airdrop onto like anybody or your contacts because i'm one of your contacts and then i'll just share it i'll hit the share button and then just go to airdrop and your You'll name should come up. from the share yeah. right but but they do have to be on the contacts list uh yes or you can do it from anybody okay yeah all right okay so that's airdrop and then you can do that with between peace uh, with PCs, Android as long as has, you're in the Apple ecosystem, yeah, yeah. Android has something called nearby sharing now, which works on all Android phones. I think it was pushed out to. So if you pull down your notification shade, you should see a new icon there with like two wires crossed, and it says nearby sharing. And then um, you, just while while you're on that subject, I have to point out that the the crossed over wires icon might only be on the devices you've used. I've seen nearby sharing not using crossed over wire icons. So there might be a different icon just for the listeners don't get confused. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. As yeah. long as it says nearby sharing. Okay. Yeah. And then you, you kind of switch. Okay. And then you, you go into Google settings and like you switch on like nearby sharing for that. You'll be open to it. And then if someone does nearby sharing, it will tell you, you'll get a dialogue box, like a, the notification that will say, someone is trying to use nearby sharing. And then you go and you open it and then it, you will appear on the other person's thing and then they can send you the thing. It's right, so you've got to approve simple. them, yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So it pings it pings you that someone is sending things, and then you accept, yes. and then it's sent. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. Cool. Cool. All right. Um, I have, I would like to add to things. Um, I'm sure there's quite a lot more we need to do on nearby sharing, but that's the basics. Yeah. I think we must try it out. I'm interested to know which versions have definitely gotten, which versions definitely don't. But the thing I want to talk about is impact protection. Everybody knows what ingress protection is. IP ingress protection. IP68 means you know, it has this level of protection from molecules entering your phone, that level of protection yeah. from liquids entering your phone, dust and liquid, you know, solid and liquid pop molecules penetrating your phone. But there's a new kind of protection for ruggedized device protection, which is impact protection. That means if some object hits your phone, what are the chances of it actually penetrating the phone or damaging the electronics, which is kind of an interesting concept. I don't know who it's really specific for for um, ruggedized devices. I came across this while I was reviewing the CrossCall T4 ruggedized yes. tablet. Yes, I, yes. I saw this okay. on the Don't note and I was like, word. you've been playing with the CrossCall thing too much, man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so there are IK ratings. Let me just give you a sense of what they are. IK is protected. Whatever bump into your phone is going to damage it. If you go to IK05, uh, it's the equivalent of a quarter kilogram being dropped from a, like a ruler length away, so so much, onto the phone, and it won't affect the electronics inside. So it's a quarter kilogram. If you go even higher, let's say we go up to IK10 level, this is the equivalent of a five kilogram weight dropping 400 millimeters onto the object without damaging it. So that's quite serious, obviously, IK10. That is, that is pretty awesome. IK rating to know um, that if something were to hit your phone, if a car were to roll over it, let's say, you know, the IK rating is what's going to protect you there. Mm. Okay, that was just my so, random factoid for the week. That that's a that's a nice random factoid. Um, <laughs> I find okay. it lovely. It's got nothing to do with technology, but I think it's an awesome way to to sign off. Obviously, I am sharpshooters on social media. S H A R P S C H U T T E R S. That opinionguide.co.za is the website where you'll find me. And did you know that ninety percent of bird species do not the males do not have like penises and they do something called a cloaca kiss which is something i found out today and i find uh-huh. very hilarious and i will okay. sign off on that and i'll chat to you next week Kevin, what's going on with you oh, <laughs> kissing well you made me think about something i've got a better sign off than you look up manga kisser manga kisser are the smallest rooms it's possible to live in in Japan. Basically, in Japan, uh, all railway stations and all big public areas have got manga reading rooms. Manga is particular Japanese animation style comic book. Um, you can go and you pay a fee and you can read as much manga as you want while confined to the small room. But the room is basically one and a half meters by one and a half meters big. And um, it has a, a PC in it, uh, other things all the idea is you go there to read manga. But of course, people have now turned these places into their homes. So they go in there and live inside this one and a half meter square room, some small, they can stay in all different parts of the city in a manga kisser. Okay, there's my non-tech factoid, other factoid for the week. I'm Gavin Dudley. I'm still the editor of the biggest tech magazine in the country. And I'm also now the product editor for Tech Radar South Africa, which soon will be one of the biggest tech product sites in the country. The place to go and do your shopping, by the way.